Rock, I'm from the candy antler soda pill. The perfect knife for cutting your underwear. Oh, you might have to take a beer run while we're out, huh? Did y'all see that? I hope y'all saw that, because that's what they look like. Welcome to Outside Stuff Podcast, presented to you by Blue Court Outdoors. Um, today is going to be our first one of this deal. So I figured an introduction of myself and blue cord and outside stuff and, and what it all means would probably be the best way to go about this. Uh, I am by myself in a little pickup truck in the middle of the desert right now. Uh, just currently found two dead camels. Um, hot on the case on whether or not there's a serial camel murder around here. Um, but, you know, one was dragged. It was ropes. And I can't go into the, the evidence. Uh, I don't want to put all that stuff public, you know. Um, but all right. So yes, my name is Stephen Marshall, again, producer of Blue Court Outdoors. Uh, I've been doing a lot of filming and videos and stuff as long as I can remember back when I was in fifth grade, sixth grade. And when I got into high school, you, you had the ability to get into like TV productions in which I jumped all over. I did three straight years of, uh, of that making videos going to, um, Back then we had, uh, like, I guess it's not like sports, we have like state championships, but you had state finals for videos and stuff. And um, I went to state one year, lost, I think I lost to a, a, a school that reenacted the office and they called it the classroom, which is probably why I still haven't watched the office. I have a small vendetta against it. But I... I started hunting at a young age at 12 when I killed my first deer and I was, I was raised in the hunting by my uh, stepdad, Nate's father, who was huge in a huge in the hunting. So he brought me along with it. And when I came of age, which was the ripe age of, of 12, he brought me hunting and I shot my first buck. It was a little spike on a foggy morning and I was hooked. It's over. It's over from there. You know, uh, I also remember too, hearing his words utter out of his mouth, which was Stephen loves hunting, but in a couple years he's going to be chasing girls and he's not going to love hunting no more. Problem being, I was in the city. Nate and them were living up in Dixie County, Florida. So I could only go hunting when, you know, it wasn't like I lived around hunting. It was, I had to take my trip to go hunting. And that's exactly what happened. I started chasing women. Um, one in particular, which became my wife and, uh, we have, uh, children. I have four, four kids and, uh, she doesn't give two shits about hunting. My kids love it. They think it's super cool. Uh, they're all weird. Um, and they're all savages like myself. So, you know, you kind of create your own little spawns there. But right before I deployed in 2015, it was 2014 is when I came back to it. I had not been hunting by, by 2014. I think I had killed like a, a couple deer, maybe three. And it was something that right knowing right before I was going to leave for a year and not be able to do anything. I got back in and I went hunting, had a, I was drive hunting with Nate, uh, in North Florida. And I, I had a weapon malfunction AKA I, I didn't rack the round in and I had a doe run right at me up until about 12 foot and, uh, 
just heard click, you know, there was nothing chambered. So I remember being all pissed off and he was like, you know what, man, I've been feeding these deer in my backyard, not backyard, it's back property for weeks. And there's a big doe in there if you want it. It's like, all right. And I, I went and that night I went out there and sure enough at five o'clock, just like you said, it would, uh, the doe come out and I shot it and I was like, fucking money, bro. I, this is, this is it. This is it. I'm in. Then I left for a year. So I went to Africa for a year. Uh, in that time frame, uh, I was able to get my first bow. It was a Hoyt Katera XT. I believe it was like from 2005, 2006 model. And it's a heavy-ass bow, but it's what I had. And I was like, all right, so now I've killed deer with rifles. It's time to get into the bow hunt. And I married into this little five-acre plot in Plant City, Florida, where I live now. And I just put corn out one day just to see what would show up. And sure enough, there's hogs everywhere. And that's when I really started diving into hogs more. Once I started diving into that, I knew now I can hunt. There's no more trips I have to take. I can hunt down the road. I was nine miles away from my house. So it became like this whole new eye-opening experience for me in, in 2016 where I was like, I can do this more. I love this shit. I, I can I can create my own story when it comes to hunting. No more being like, hey, let me let me take you here. You know, I can do the scouting myself. I can put the stands up myself. You know, for the longest time, my stepdad Mark he'll attest to it. He he's done a lot of in his time setting up all these stands and then just putting people in them and them shooting animals. Whereas I was part of that too. You know what I mean? He would be like, all right, I got you set up here. Just go here. Now it's all right. It's on me. Let's set something up that I can start doing. And I started seeing a lot of success, which was crazy. But in, in 2017, Nate calls me. I want to say he was drunk. He was up in, uh, cause he works, uh, industrial electrician. So he's working all over, um, the Southeast there. And he was in Virginia at the time. And he had called me. He had just gotten back from a, a tuna trip in the Outer Banks out of North Carolina. And he's like, buddy, I filmed everything. I was like, you did? You know what I mean? He's like, just how you taught me, filming sideways with the iPhone, this and that. And he sent me what was about an hour's worth of footage. And they were catching, I don't think they caught any tuna, but they caught a lot of mahi and uh, a big old barracuda and all this stuff. And I just chopped it up and, and made a video. And it was like an eight, 10 minute long video. And it was right there that we were like, okay, he'd been wanting to do this. He had no one to do it with. He had me, but it was never like a, I wasn't going up there. So now as soon as he sent me that, it was like, let's make a show. Let's do the show. Like I've got the background in, in filming. I can teach him how to edit. I love editing. I love editing. I use a, uh, my Mac. I use a, um, iMovie. It's so simple and I don't need anything more than that right now. So it's all I use. So I, I taught him how to edit and, that's when we just started filming all of our hunts again. And I want to say we started on YouTube and did a first season where our entire first season is shot with an iPhone. There's nine episodes, I believe, in the first season, which stream from, I think there's like three or I think four of them are fishing, um, Kingfish trolling videos, Red Snapper videos, uh, that Outer Banks video. So we start filming our hunts. And with every time you do it, you learn just another thing. And the, the hardest part about 
filming a hunt is knowing that without the animal being killed on camera, you you have to have like some sort of personality to keep people vested in the ones where you don't. So our big thing was, okay, I can put on, you know, you grow up watching like the outdoor channel or something on bright house. And every episode is some guy, you know, he's like, Oh, Hey, this is uh, blah, blah, blah. I'm here in the Kansas Midwest on a cowboy colored cliche sky. We got a great wind coming in. We're on a, piece of property here and my good buddy so-and-so set up on and this and that and then they shoot a, a monster uh, a, it'll be a monster buck and it just walks right up to him right and you go what how that's just not that's just not how it works man like yeah you get those you everyone's got a story where they just show up and in five minutes they might have shot something but the that is just not it and we did not want to be that stereotypical show at all we wanted to make sure that when people watched us, they related to us. The, the scouting, how did they get, how did they find this place to put this stand? You know, uh, the misses, the realism of a hunt, the missing, the, the, the obstacles you have to overcome. There's so many things that happen in real life that aren't on television that we wanted to make sure people saw. So we wanted to relate. You know, I'm not even a, a big drinker, right? At the at my house, you won't find alcohol at my house ever. Uh, I gave that up a long time ago. But if I'm in the woods, best belief I'm drinking. And not to the point where I'm slurring my words and falling over and stuff, but it's just a pastime. You just do it. You do shows. Do you ever see them drinking? No, you don't. You know why? Because they're all business. I'm not business. I'm, I'm trying to have a good damn time. Bush light has made a lot of good times for me in the woods. So if, if anyone from Bushlight is hearing, I just want to say thank you very much. They actually have reached out one time and they said, uh, we appreciate you for this. I had sent a picture of me and my wife did a uh, anniversary photo shoot of us in like American flag overalls chugging Bushlight. And they had sent like, we appreciate you for this. And I said, you have no idea how much I appreciate you. So but we wanted to make sure we separated ourselves. And and then we were actually kind of funny. You know, like Nate was real stale in the beginning, and he knows that. Because it takes a lot of time for people to be in front of a camera to be able to act themselves. They want to act a certain way. In reality, I don't want to see a certain way on Blue Court. I want to see you. I want to see how you react. I want to see you mad. I want to see you sad. I want to see you super happy. And to be in front of the camera for the first time was hard for him for a little bit. And then you could tell when he just blossomed and opened up and uh, we became like funny, I guess, you know, and at first I did, well, that wasn't the, Hey, let's be funny. We just were being ourselves. And I guess ourselves is just naturally funny, which I've been told my whole life, but I wasn't the, wasn't where I was going with it, you know? So we get done with the first season. And I think Nate in the first season, he kills a doe. I shot a doe. He he shoots a a spike in Virginia. It's called a green light spike episode. It's a two part episode, and he goes back for muzzleloader or rifle. I believe it was a muzzleloader, and he shoots the exact same spike. Like the deer, he he shouldered it, and 
didn't find any blood. It was gone, right? Ran away with the, you know, 90% of the arrow hanging out of its body. Uh, he goes back three weeks later, shoots the exact same spike. You could see where the it had the scab and the hole from the, the arrow. And it's it was kind of cool. For the first time, you were able to see something so full circle as to kill the same animal you had just shot. Then I think he had he had gotten because um, he was working up there in Virginia, so he had gotten a, a permission to hunt his two hundred acres of Virginia, which was a huge thing for us because he was able to do so much. He was able to for the first time be out of state hunting and have to because they say you you shoot a deer in Florida, you shoot a deer anywhere, and my man tried to prove that point to a T. And Thanksgiving morning of that first season that we were filming. Because uh, we don't film anything prior to. It's all done pretty much live, you know. So he shoots what at that point in time was his massive deer. And he calls me. He's crying. And he films the whole thing. He uh, The deer actually moved in on him so fast that he actually didn't film the shot. But he filmed the him retrieving it, him calling me, which it was it was fantastic. And I think that's when we realized, like, we could really do it. We we could do it. So when we moved into season two, it was, all right, let's make, let's make Florida hunting trips longer. Let's, let's do this. Let's do that. And I think season two, we really, really started. We, we took off and not took off like in a fan base wise, but it took off in what we wanted to do, which was scouting episodes, missing episodes, recovery episodes, how-to episodes. I mean, we were showing people how to clean deer, how to quarter deer, how to cape deer. It was, uh, we would get a quarter hunts. I'm huge into quarter hunts and I'll get into that in another time, but we would get in our quotas and show videos of how we scouted in these quotas in places you haven't been before. And, uh, we had a very successful season. That's when I started, um, uploading a lot of, uh, hog footage I had as well. Um, I was getting quotas in green swamp. So I was able to start hitting green swamp in 2000 and 2018. I've been hunting there, uh, still unsuccessful in there, but they're so, it's so big and it, it's actually a really cool place right there in, um, Polk County, Lake County, Sumper County area. Season two, I think we, first season we had like nine episodes. Season two, I think we finished with about 25 or 23, something like that. And we finished it with what we call a Lost Hunts episode where it was kind of stuff that never made into the previous episodes, but we, we kind of liked it. We liked the footage and we, we wanted to share a lot of uh, stuff we did. In season three, which was in 2020, COVID hits. And being in the National Guard, I get called up for so much stuff. Hurricanes, KKK rallies, Republican National Convention. I think I've done four hurricanes yeah four hurricanes so when you know it covid hits and that means you got to spin up the army so i get spun up with my unit and we're out of leesburg an infantry unit out of leesburg florida up there in lake county and we head south to miramar florida and we open up the largest drive-through testing site in the state to the point where the governor was there uh, there was a lot of people there it was very high profile and because we were on federal orders they started paying for us to stay in hotels. And, but because of COVID, we couldn't share hotels rooms with anybody else. It, we can only be by ourselves. So we reach out our own hotel room, this, that in South Florida. And the first thing I'm thinking is 
I want to go fishing. I'm in South Florida. I'm, I could go bass, peacock bass. I can find a beach somewhere. I could fishing is fishing is a real deal here. You know? So we were all run up to Walmart and we buy a bunch of cheap Walmart fishing tackle. And I bought, I remember buying a bunch of stuff because I never fished for peacock bass before, but buying all these lures, this and that. And what I ended up buying were a bunch of uh, spec jigs, just some, I call them little, uh, uh, poppers, you know, uh, wiggly poppers, you know, they're just little spec jigs with the curly tails on them. And usually you make like a spider rig with them or something, you drop down, but I was like, you know what, I'm going to get these small things and I'm going to start antagonizing these peacock bass because the time we were there, which is uh, beginning of April to beginning of June, they were, they're all bedded up. All these peacock bass are bedded up. So you could walk these little ponds and lakes and stuff and you could see them bedded up. So we just started absolutely annihilating peacock bass. And it got to the point where we were catching so many that I started naming certain fish that I couldn't get. And those four videos, I, that's when I realized, all right, well, season three is just going to be fishing from this season is strictly fishing. And they were so well done as far as I'm concerned with just GoPros and iPhones. And Nate at the same time was fishing for Kings. And we were, when I got home, we were, we were beach fishing. We were fishing for red snapper, grouper, gags, all this stuff. Shark, we did one Shark Week episode where we showed videos of us catching sharks, you know, wild deep dropping and stuff like that. And that season ended up being about 14 or 15 episodes. And it was, it was almost like mind boggling how different it was fishing and filming than hunting and filming. Because when you're fishing, it's like you, you're hit, it's on, you know, there's no like, all right, I'll do it. It's coming in. It's coming in. I mean, you can't have that, but it wasn't like this for us, you know. Especially when you're deep, deep dropping for gags and, and stuff like that. And red snapper. It's it's immediate. And if you take that second to sit here and try to record, you, you might you might lose that couple of feet that puts that fish in the rocks and stuff. So it was crazy the learning curve in season three compared to two and one, where where majority was hunting and. um so I, I kind of not gonna say master, but I, I, I could probably write a good solid memo on how to record while fishing. And I don't wear I don't wear GoPros. What I do is I actually bought like an eighteen dollar GoPros um, stand that like bends all directions, and it I'll clip it onto the uh, t top of the boat and um, and just you know record for four minutes at a time and while I'm dropping and stuff like that. And so. Now we're we're get, we're almost done with season three, about to head into season four, of, and this is in 2020. And I was looking at our YouTube channel, and I I want to say in those three years, those three seasons, I had probably just over 19,000 views with like 400 subscribers, you know, roughly, right? And <clears throat> I wanted to be seen more. I wanted to be seen. I wanted to be watched more. So I started looking into how do I get on one of these hunting channels? You know, I, I want to find some. And I had followed Carbon TV on Instagram. I believe, yeah, Instagram. And I'm watching them upload. And then they were, they had just started this, um, 
their Carbon TV Awards, which is their yearly awards segment in like October, where the fans of these shows nominate. I guess the the producers will upload, you know, what they deem, you know, best fishing moment, best hunting moment, best new show, this stuff like that. And they would upload videos and then fans would vote on the videos and whoever wins gets the award, you know. So it was like a, a cool thing. And I was like, man, that's badass. I want to be a part of that, you know. So I, I was like, I'm just going to message these people. So on Instagram, I message them and someone messaged me back like, hey, um, let me give you the contact for this person. They're the one that kind of deal with new talent, this and that. And I got a number or an email for um, for Autumn with Carbon TV and I email her and she emails me back. All right. Hey, that sounds like fun. This and that. She's like, send us three videos uh, of your best videos that you think, you know, you would want us to see in order to consider you. So of course I send five. And um, I think within an hour, she had emailed me back. It was like, ha 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 ha. You guys are hysterical. And I was like, Oh, Shiza, they're really watching this stuff. Like, you know, I thought maybe they'd probably be blowing smoke up my ass or something, but they were really watching. Next day, I get another email. Hey, when would you like to, when would you be available to have an interview with the president, Julie McQueen? I was like, uh, tomorrow. And sure enough, they call. It's her, uh, the president of Carbon TV, which is Julie McQueen. And Autumn, she's like the head of, producers or something like that and they're on a three-way phone call with me and they're kind of i think what they were doing is they're just kind of get to know me see how everything is and by the end of it we're like laughing everyone's having a good time and um the president julie mcqueen says all right we'd like to offer you a a spot with carbon tv and i was just like oh shit that was I did not think this was going to happen. I really did not think this. I thought this was going to take a lot more time, though. No, and within a week, I think I was getting emails on how to start this, how to upload videos, and how to do this, how to do that through Carbon TV, the ins and outs. So now it's October. It was October 14th of 2020 when we uploaded our first video to Carbon. And I was like, you know what? You know what I probably have that a lot of people don't have right here? is I have like three seasons of content ready to rock and roll I, that I've already done. So here I am two years into this show. I've got three seasons worth of stuff I can just shoot at them while also trying to film my season four. So I have this huge buffer, right? And I use it to my advantage. So I re-edited a lot of – almost every video got touched up a little bit. And uh, season one came out, uh, I want to say – I know it came out on October 14th, but I want to say I was releasing it two videos a week and then took, took two weeks, released season two. And that was about three months worth of stuff. And then it came to season three and we had actually, I want to say I fished a little bit more. I was able to add a couple new videos to, to season three. And season three, I remember, I want to say, I did four Peacock videos, Peacocks one, two, three, and four in that season three. And in those, just those videos alone, each one of those got like 125,000 views. So I knew that I was, or I'm sorry, in, in those, in those four videos alone, I had 125,000 views in just those four. 
So I knew like that thought process I had with season three, like felt different the way I filmed it. It was a learning curve, but it felt so good putting it out there. Like there wasn't a video I put out where I go, all right, I didn't, that one's all right. No, I locked every single one of them. And there are videos that I have put out that I'm like, you know, but you're putting it out there to have that, keep that content going. So, but season three was, I was like, oh man, this shit's nice. And then we roll into season four and season four, um, you find, you finally get Nate finally closes in on this Kentucky buck. He'd been, he'd gone there for three straight years trying to kill one. And he finally does. And it's an absolute beauty. Cody kills one. Um, who's another face in our show. He kills an absolute moose of a deer. He did the year prior and he kills an absolute moose velvet. I mean, this thing weighed 250 pounds, probably. I mean, it was beautiful animal. And I killed my biggest buck, which was in Georgia at the time. I killed, uh, uh, some hogs. It was just, it was, it was a, it's a hell of a season. And then it ends abruptly because we had, there was a Missouri trip, an Alabama trip, and I want to say a Tennessee trip because he was in Tennessee at the time, and we lost all the footage. So right now I'm actually still dealing with that. These people are trying to recover all the footage, and they want an arm and a leg, but without it, you know, that's what the lifeline is, you know, so you have to pay the money. So that ended abruptly, and now here we are. We're just going to use, when I get it back, we're going to use it for season five, of course, but the now here we are going into our fifth season and it just, if every single one just feels better than the next. And that's when you kind of like know you're doing something right. And I think now October 14th of 2020, so we're almost coming up on a two years. I'm, we're just shy of like 1.1 million views on carbon TV. So it's like, finally you're making the videos that people want to see hunting videos, you know, and we're the only Florida based hunting show on there which is crazy to think, but with Florida being just has everything. I mean, even the fact that we have Osceola's and it's the only place you can get them and not more hunting channels that have Osceola hunts like on carbon, but the, the gators, you can do, you know, you're fishing, you're hunting, you got everything, you know? So we have found success in doing what we, what we do at blue cord and I wouldn't change anything. It's awesome. My wife has accepted it. Uh, Nate lives for it as do I, you know, and every day you're always trying to figure out something better. I mean, I can't stand social media, but it's a, it's a pinnacle to success a lot of the times. So, you know, I find myself staring at my phone a little bit too much, but it is what it is. It's all part of the game. So now, like I said, we're going into season five, I'll be home later this year. So I'll have a quota hunt in December and, and hopefully a, a hunt in November and in January in both Tennessee, Florida, and Alabama. And I can't wait, you know. So with outside stuff, being gone, it was it was something we tried to do in 2020. It was actually – we made an episode with Cody after he shot his first massive 150-plus deer in Kentucky. And uh, it was a real choppy video. We're, we're talking over each other too much. Uh, I think Nate was on a four-wheeler, and he was getting talked to by somebody while we were on there. So it was, it was kind of like a, a wish-wash thing. Then we tried a couple other ones, um, and it just kind of slowly fizzled out. And now I'm ready to try this again. you know. And I hope that the story of Blue Cord kind of intrigues you a little bit, and you'll want to listen again. Uh, I'm going to have Nate on here as soon as possible. 
when I have people like uh, my buddy Johnny Allen that's deployed with me. He's gone hunting with me. He's been in videos. He's been in fishing videos. He was in the Peacock videos with us. Um, he's been in probably eight videos now. Um, I'm going to have him on, and, and we'll sit and we'll talk shop and because um, he's a hell of a fisherman as well. So that's pretty much it, and that's all I really wanted to cover is kind of like that history of blue cord and what outside stuff is going to entail. Like I said, oh, and I'd, I'd love to do video breakdowns too. I'd love to bring some of these older videos we've done and kind of break those down with people and kind of tell stories about the, what you don't see on camera and, and things like that. So anyways, till next time, which will be next week. Uh, this is Stephen Marshall with Outside Stuff presented to you by Blue Court Outdoors. Thank you so much for anyone that is listening. I can't thank you enough for anybody that's ever subscribed to the YouTube channel, who's ever followed us on Carbon. Thank you so much. Trust me, I see it. I see it. And I can tell you, just laying this last 40 minutes out, we are getting better with every episode. So continue to watch, continue to support us. And I promise you, we will give you the best content out there. I can promise you that. Thank you so much, Stephen Marshall. Again, peace out, Girl Scouts. See you on the next one.